Hello and welcome to the Q&A Quest episode 289. No, no, I fucked it up already. 290, we went through this. Oh my god. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 290. I am your um, deranged host, Mike FCK Wheels. With me as always. Hero for Elton, David Bernie Foster. And living one day ahead of you at a time, your manager pen, Michael Baker. You were in 2023 before it was cool. Oh, yes. Is it cool? I hope it's cool. Still living. Living in Rayquaza. Jury's still out on that one. Give it time. Uh, it'll take time, no matter what. Do you like it or not? But I want it now. <sighs> I want the whole world. Um, so how are we doing? How is, how is everyone's new year? Um, I am now one year older and I don't care for it. Listen, realistically, <laughs> you were just a few days older. You just started counting. All right, that's fair. <laughs> I just don't like that number. That number is banned. We won't. We don't speak about. We don't talk about Bruno. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna reference the fucking Mr. Show sketch. Twenty-four is the highest number. That sounds good. I don't know that sketch, but I, it sounds great. I'll, uh, I'm gonna. I'm just yeah. gonna drop it in. The, I'll, I'll drop it in the Discord. Check it out later. Yeah. Uh, so, had an idea for next week. I was gonna just mm -hmm. randomly drop Did it this week, but that seemed cruel and stupid. Mm -hmm. So our RPG of the Year awards are coming up. They so time my, too. So my thought is, we'll do we'll do our own awards. No, not really. We'll just go through the categories. We With blackjack and hookers. We'll go, just go through the normal categories, and we'll all talk about one game that would fit that category for us from last year. It doesn't have to be come out. It doesn't have to be a game that came out last year. In case. No, nothing really fits the bill. Or didn't really. A game, uh, ideally, a, a game, game we played last year. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because I'll, I'll have to let you know if I'm at, going to be available at this time next week. Yeah. So. Damn you. All right. Well, if you're not, we'll, <laughs> we'll be, I, I actually have classes this week, so. Yeah. If if you're not, not we'll school. just have you do it the next time you're on. We'll run, run through your list. We'll do the speed run round, the lightning yeah. round. Yeah. Uh. Yes, speaking more of this year, I'm doing going to be doing another stupid challenge for myself. Because uh, I'm mad that I've, I failed the ones I tried to set up for myself last year. So, yeah, what was your challenges for last year? There were a bunch of games I wanted to try and finish, and I don't think I finished any of the ones on the list. <laughs> Do you remember what was on the list? I want to know. A Dragon Quest Eleven for sure. That didn't happen. Okay. I don't even think you really made progress on it last year. A minor progress. <laughs> I think... Drop um, in the bucket. Yeah. I definitely wanted to finish Triangle Strategy. I got stuck in a battle and kind of just got distracted by shiny new things. So that one didn't I happen. thought you did finish that eventually, though. No, I didn't. Not yet. Uh -huh. I think I think I'm near the end of the game, though. So that's, that's one I'm probably going to try and tick off. Uh, yeah. And obviously, dot hack. 
And yeah. that, that again was had nothing to do with like I'm not enjoying this. There was nothing wrong with it. There was nothing you it weren't was, enjoying. You just got it, distracted. Not just got distracted. It was it was just a matter of like I don't want to do this on stream because I'm at like the end of part two. You want to pay. You want to pay attention to it. Yeah, I want to pay attention, <laughs> and I don't want to spoil anybody that might still be playing it because although those games are old, like the Switch collection just came out last year, so. And also, uh, they're worth experience. Yeah, and yes, <laughs> and also expecting a lot of story. It kept, I kept not being able to sit down and like just focus on playing some of that. So, it kind of got fucked up. So that, that, that's number one. What I'm, I want to finish before uh, the time, which, as you imagine, is when Tears of the Kingdom comes out, because New Zelda. Oh uh, boy. In addition to uh, likely eating up a lot of my time, it's probably going to be talked about endlessly on this show. So, yeah. I will repair my earplugs. Uh, and it's not like that won't be on something you have. <laughs> true, true. But it's, I mean, I haven't even gotten to the first one yet. True enough. Uh, <sighs> so that's that's the number one, and. Did I say, yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven? So those are the two games I'm going to yeah. be focusing, focusing on the early part of this year. I know there's a Fire Emblem out in like two weeks, but... Engage! Uh, I feel like that's one I can just putz around with off and on. Because it's basically Fire Emblem Heroes minus gotcha bullshit. I mean, that's, a, that's a useful. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna be doing. Everything else is gonna get kind of get shunted away. Like Xenoblade Chronicles Three, I think I tried to force myself to burn through that game, which is stupid. I, I think yeah, I that, that, that hurt you. I talked about that last year. Like this is dumb. I want to just like take this game at my own pace and enjoy it. So I, I probably will be playing that off and on. But again, uh, dot hack. It's, it's, it's the primary one because like I'm at the end of part two and then so I'm just finishing so you only have two parts left oh that's right there's a bonus part Fuck. <laughs> okay so yeah that and it's then, fine it's more of an epilogue okay good and Dragon Quest 11 which I've wanted to go through for a long time so that's kind of gonna be Very good. you're gonna see me playing that a lot on stream that's going to be my go-to turn-based RPG. Uh, he says while playing Destiny. <laughs> my go-to turn-based RPG. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm, you're going to see me stream that a lot on yeah. stream while you're playing Yes, Destiny. well, I, I don't have my, o, like, my OBS out here. Yeah, yeah, I understand. On my nice. couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is what you will hear me talking about this year. And, dish, and you know, Fireminer is asking a cruel question to you. I actually have my tablet open over here. So, how many new games did you? How many your new games did you get to use last, back last uh, year? A lot, but I also just sold off a stack of Switch games. So I'm trying, I'm trying to be better about what I buy. Which ones did you explode? Uh, I ditched Crisis on Switch. I feel it's like. They're decent games. I feel like I don't love these games. They're good. I don't love them, 
and I if it, it's, well, I picked it up on sale. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still have the digital version, so I should say that. But it's just mm -hmm. like I, I don't need like three switch cartridges for this. I don't care about them that much. That's fair. Those those went away. I honestly don't remember what some of the other ones were. I think there were some indie some indie schlock I picked up that I didn't end up liking very much. Such as such as such happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Trying to not bury myself in the backlog. Wise choice, wise choice. Yeah. Uh, I did, yes, I did just get some new games, but I just some <laughs> weird, uh, some weird roguelikes that I can just do runs of, not really. I save a lot of time by not caring about roguelikes. I, I guess I like roguelikes, then you won't. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just saying I save, I, that's why I can attack my bad log. I'm, I'm rambling now, somebody else talk for a while. Okay. Uh, Gaijin, you want to go or should I? So most of my New Year's resolutions do not have anything to do with video games. They could, though. <laughs> Mostly about getting stories finished and trying to publish stuff. That's fair. I have already received my first query letter rejection of the new year. <sighs> Doesn't taste any better than the new year, but oh well. Yeah. I mean, it was a very nice rejection letter. It actually discussed things. Um... Mostly about why they didn't feel like it was a good fit at the time, and something, something, um, looking for series that can be extended almost indefinitely. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, this story is not that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, some places are like that. Some, some specific genres are like that, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. And it was interesting like which that. things they did not mention as being issues with um, hmm. the application process, which was kind of in kind of fun. Um, so good. it makes me feel better about some of the narrative choices I made. That's good, at least. So mostly, mostly writing. You're 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 trying to improve yourself rather than degenerate further into some other substratum nerd. Yeah, I mean, my current work in progress is let's see, what's fifty-one times one thousand six hundred five? Um, very long right now. I believe so, it. Let's see, average word count per page times current number of notebook pages. It's somewhere around. Somewhere upwards of 80,000 words long right now. Well, that's an entire novella by itself, at least. But, I mean, that's a novel. Novella's like 40,000. Ah, I gotcha. Well, that's a nightmare. Hmm. I won't ask. Good work, though. Uh, so yeah, how about you? That'll be that'll be something when it gets uh, when it uh, completes. It'll be a mammoth one. Uh, let's see. Uh, as for me, I don't know. Uh, I, I tend to tackle games by whim, so I keep uh, keep uh, finishing out all the East games. Uh, oh, God, I have a damn it. Oh, you forgot to do nine. 
Yeah, and that's yeah, that's that's on my list too. All right, carry on. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, um, I'm gonna keep trying to do that, but I have a slight excuse to hold off on replaying Oath and Fogana as I'm taking it. Um, gotta keep up with The Legend of Heroes. I, I made a significant chunk into that, like, I felt good about, like, if nothing else, I have finished a, a proper, like, Legend of Heroes 6, all three Trails in the Sky games, did all those in, like, a truly... A, a time span that felt like it was shrinking as it went along. Like the, by the time I finished uh, Trails the Third, it was like I, I remember. I think, it, I think it was Platy who fucking asked, "Wait, did you finish that in a week?" <laughs> and the answer was yes. Uh, but uh, let's see if you finish all of them before memory comes out in July. I do not have confidence in that, just because for like. The, uh, it's like, I don't remember what the, uh, yeah, no confidence. Have confidence, no confidence. Uh, the only, like, I don't remember when they said Trails to Azure is. I want to say it's like March. And that means that I will have, that would give me like four months to do all of, uh, like all four Cold Steel games, which seems. That's right, you haven't, you haven't done Cold Steel yet. Nope, because I'm doing them in order. That was the yeah. reason that I waited for goddamn long. Yeah, no, that's the reason I've been slowly waddling my way through Trails in the Sky. Yeah, so I, like, it's a nice dream to think that I can finish all four Cold Seals in, inside four months. I don't know that I believe it, but we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. Especially because I've embarked on a, a shorter project, but still project. Uh, since uh, there are vague rumblings and threats of Dragon Age 4 coming out this year, I am replaying 1 and 2 and finally trying to actually finish 3. Uh, I've already finished Dragon Age Origins, like, just slammed Sweet. through that. Uh, Not the PC version. No. Okay, good. <laughs> What's the okay good? Are you just upset at the existence of that camp? Yeah, I don't like it. That's how I played through one, and I think it made the experience like ten times worse for me. Dragon Age One has a lot of problems. I'll get into that when I'm talking about what I've been playing because I just finished it. I finished it like last night, and then ran through the uh, the epilogue DLC uh, like this afternoon, uh, this evening, I should say. But yeah, like. Uh, so, so I'm trying to finish those and like if there's time between that and Dreadwolf I might do Mass Effect as well, we'll see what happens and how much my interest holds uh, but yeah, I never I never finished Inquisition uh, this, is, this is something that like one of its executive producers like completely admitted that the first area, the hinter the hinterlands, the first big open region you can go to, uh, has like this bad habit of not convincing players that they should stop playing it for a while and advance the story. Uh, <laughs> and that's what happened to me. Like I was trying to just do tons of shit in it, and it burned me out on the game before I really 
uh, before I got more than like halfway through it. So always intend to go back to it. Uh, and so this is the excuse I have. Uh, I just started up Dragon Age 2 this morning. Well, not this morning. This after this evening, uh, I was playing it when Wheels told me that we were starting. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, my, my resolutions would be yeah, replay the the Dragon Ages, maybe the Mass Effects, and uh, that's that's what's that's, that's most of the ones that I'm adding on. Like continue with the Trails journey, continue with the East journey. It's good to have to leave in my. Uh, JRPGs with Western RPGs occasionally, so that's what I'm doing. And to continue with Xenoblade, which is still ongoing. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, I, I, that's probably enough RPGs on my plate to essentially last me the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens, because Tears of the Kingdom will throw a huge wrench in everything. Is there anything else um, coming out the first part of this year that I'm forgetting that's going to Suddenly drop on I mean, the only thing is, the thing that's on my radar right now is Rise of Three, um, at the end of February. Oh yeah. From... I'm like seven, oh. seven Atelier games away from being able to play that. <laughs> uh, for for yeah, me, I mean, personally, Rise is a self-contained trilogy. So technically, you're two games stop away wheels. From I mean, yes. It's but... like stop wheels. Okay. <laughs> so... Hey, there, there are there are eight games in the series I have yet to play. So I was thinking Dusk... Only one then, of them is because of the price tag. <laughs> I was thinking after Dusk I'd do... Um, what was the trilogy after Dusk called? I forget. Mysterious. Yeah, Yeah, the Mysterious trilogy. Probably, you could probably skip that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, mysterious games were a bit of a step back for a lot of the mechanics and combat and things. Except for the fourth one, which takes everything that every mistake that they learned from in Ryza and made it better. So, uh, if you have to play one of the mysterious games, go for Sophie Two. I mean, does, should I play Sophie One before playing Sophie Two? It, um, well, no, if you want to have fun. <laughs> they, they, I mean, no, Sophie One is not that bad. It's just, oh, um, well, first of all, don't play it on Steam because I had some of the weirdest graphical glitches with it on Steam. No, it'd be on um, Switch. Yeah, but play them on Switch. Better there. Just, um. The combat is lackluster. The, the narrative used some better writing. I did not like the voice acting at all. And the game that could have done a lot better without its main antagonist. Huh. Okay, that's, uh, there's a lot of low cards in that hand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Atelier games have... It wasn't until, like, literally the Dusk trilogy that they had a regular... Core conflicts were not really the point. <laughs> but the main conflict was heroin versus timeline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or time limit. But, um... Yeah. Sophie has a decent cast of characters. It has a good goal for her to work towards. And then it has these two little weirdos who show up only enough times to set themselves in the plot and make it pretty obvious that they're up to no good. And then from that, you get the final boss that is like, okay, this dude happened. Okay. So, um, 
Uh, really, they could have they you could have excised the final boss out of that game and made it not as bad. <laughs> but two is much better. Two is a whole different animal. Um, and it's only got two characters. I mean, it has Sophie and her best friend in it, and that's those are the only two characters from the first game. Make actually make reappearances, mm. even though she does reference characters from the original game. And you can look them up in the game's um, game's uh, index. Uh, the They're having game. many adventures off screens. Well, it kind of the Sophie Two sort of works. Um, what's the right word here? Perpendicular to time. They're having oh. many adventures in other times. They died on <laughs> their way back to their home planet. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so let's not add further to Wheels' backlog or he'll die. Um, uh, Fireminer, asks, Fireminer asks if anyone's looking forward to the next Neptunia. I think you've got the wrong crowd for that. That's one of the Tam saying Wheels. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a series that has gotten less mediocre over the over the course of years. Yes, it certainly has. Yeah, it's nice. It's not really for me, uh, so yeah, you know, not not really. Yeah, I, I'm not too about. <laughs> I mean, if somebody gave, if somebody made me or sat me down with a copy of the latest one, I would try it at least. I think the latest one is it's... only PS4 and PS5, though. Somebody bought me a, a PS5 choice. and a copy of this game. I would certainly sit down and play with it. Oh, for a second, I thought <laughs> you had just revealed you have a PS5. <laughs> no I Yeah, not. I know. <laughs> I feel like that thing's massive enough that I would be questioning what you were doing with the limited Japanese real estate. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, no, I mean, I mean, last weekend I had the apartment to myself for three days, and I actually got out the PS3 <laughs> first time in six months, and played through through Sword of the Darkness again for the first time in six months. I've got progressed about through the next third of the story. It does not seem to be a very long game. It just I don't have that much time. Myself yeah. And the team. So. Yeah, the the game that will definitely fuck up my backlog and my uh, my projects is the Like a Dragon Machine comes out next month, hmm. which uh, I care about Like a Dragon games quite a bit. So. Hmm. Oh fuck. What? Oh, that comes out soon. Fuck. <laughs> You still gotta get back to you still gotta get back to Yakuza like a dragon. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, slightly shorter than Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dragon Quest Eleven uh, has been there longer. It's time. Yeah. No. I'm just I'm just making a joke that once you come on Dragon Quest Eleven, it won't seem so bad. It's true. <laughs> Let's see. After, after I finally finish with Persona 5, I'll probably just start up Pokemon Sun as a refresher. And I decided that I'm just going to pick the water starter and field only blue Pokemon. Hmm. I have no idea how that's going to turn out. <laughs> but well, They'll at least be coordinated. Yeah. Yes. Like water and ice types. Well, now I know <laughs> what's going to come out before Zelda that's going to fuck me up. What's that? Lightfall. I don't know what that. Oh, is that a Destiny thing? Yeah. Gross. Why is it gross? I could start like, I could start stabbing you with a salad fork if you play more than five hours of Destiny. 
Uh, well, you should probably start stabbing then. I'm just saying, like, if you want that as like a disincentive. Like, oh yeah, no, that's uh, no, there's no disincentive that's gonna happen. You would continue to grind in destiny yeah. if you were being stabbed. It's, it's not gonna make that much of a difference anyway. Like my destiny time is <laughs> when I'm gonna be playing multiplayer games anyway. Mm. So it's not mm. gonna really conflict with my other. Games. Except now, where you're playing alone. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I've got top layers. See what you've done. Uh, but yeah, so Like a Dragon Machine will probably fuck me up for at least two, three weeks. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, I guess that does bring us to what we've actually been playing. Uh, as opposed to our high minded video game ideals. Yeah. What have we been playing? Well, I am gearing up to sink the ship of state in Persona 5. That's a good dungeon, I like that one. No, I mean, it's all the way open to the actual boss. I'm just taking a day or two off to clear out Mementos again and some more healing items. Wise choice, wise choice. Clear out any S-Links that you still have outstanding. I can't actually do that because most of my party member S-Links are not available to do anything with be until that scene is gone. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I have been working on several of the others. Did you manage to clear out uh, Justice and Counselor? Nice, nice. Justice doesn't clear out until this dungeon anyway. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does a thing. It does a thing. Oh, it does. <laughs> but, it certainly does a thing. But yeah. Let's see. Uh, I've um, I've maxed out justice, judgment, counselor, faith, sun, Harriet, death, and uh, any others. Most lovers. Like, All right, I will be right back. Sun is one of those ones that sneaks up on people because, like, it makes sense why it deactivates. But it's also one of those things where people don't think about it. I mean, I was also like two months late to activating it because I completely blanked on how on where to get the uh, job postings. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll happen. The nice thing about it though is that you don't actually need like a Sun Arcana. Like, it will always level up no matter what you do. So. So after, slightly... the, after the second time you meet him. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, third time. Yeah, um... But yeah, as soon as he opened up, it's just every single time he said I'm that he was doing an event, I was there. To make he's, sure he's, a, he, he's a good... He's very useful. He's got, he's got good skills. He does, like, a lot for your... Forget what the stat is, but he gives you like three points in it every time, which is always nice. It's a uh, charisma, I guess. Yeah, your charisma. Plus, he's just a pretty interesting storyline, I think. So that was one of my favorites, actually. But, uh, he was see. a former pro wrestler turned politician. <laughs> Damn it, Antonio Inoki. <laughs> was that how they translated it? <laughs> Uh, no, no, it's it's just Antonio Noki was absolutely a former pro wrestler who turned into a politician. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, there's a couple current politicians in this country. Like two years ago, there was this one guy who, um, he had, um, the local federal government had to pass an internal law stating that you could not wear masks in at the actual meetings in order oh to get God. him to stop wearing his wrestler's mask. <laughs> and he, you, you better yeah. believe he pushed them to the point where they had to make it. Where it he, he forced them to make it an issue. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Inoki is, of course, the one that's immediately going to come to my mind just because, one, he's like one of the most famous wrestlers of all time, but two, he was in the diet for a number of years and then was uh, like left it after like a shit ton of money scandals and then eventually came back. So, uh, he, he's got he's got definitely some some coming now, but yeah. Uh, uh, let's see, but yeah, it sounds like you it sounds like you're making real snappy progress. So good on you. <laughs> Oh, Will's back. Looks yeah. like maybe. Your face cam, no, isn't, but. Yeah, I'll get that back <laughs> up in a sec. Yeah, so Guy Legend's still doing Persona 5 and uh, the PS3 game whose name escapes me. <laughs> PS1 game. <laughs> oh, it's a PS1 PC game you're playing on your PS3. PS1. PC Engine game, ported to PS1, played on PS3. <laughs> So what are you playing, Wales? Uh, well, uh, I got the Atari 50 collection from the. Oh, Star that thing's Super, super cool. Gamer. Yeah, which um, I have been on the fence about because I'm like, I don't. don't it has Jaguar games. games. You can play Fight for Life. Yeah. You will play Fight for Life. It's Gordo 106 on that. I hope Gordo 106. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, this it's a bunch of games I don't <laughs> normally care for, but um it's as, context. Yes, as the collection goes, it's it's quite cool. So yeah, having it as like a museum uh makes everything much better. And there are some really cool games on there, like uh the hell is it called? Like Neo Breakout or something? Where it's like that one the ones that I made new? Or? Yeah, it starts out as like the original breakout, and then once you beat the first level, it like the graphics like explode into a uh, more modern experience. It's pretty cool. I love how many of these like the thing that I like about Atari Fifty is the like collections usually try to be uh, greatest hits. They exist. Essentially, on some level, it's marketing and nostalgia. They exist to like convince you that you were right to remember this thing and love it. And Atari Fifty is full of things that are kind of dog shit, but like offer a better historical picture of like, yeah, there were a lot of great Atari games. There are also ones that suck shit. Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> like it turns out that no one should want to go back and play basketball for the Atari Lynx, no. but you can. Like Club Drive. Club Drive sucks shit, but I love it. It looks like ass, and it barely runs, and it's, like, there's, like, one Jaguar emulator that's ever worked, and it was made by the guy who made the Jaguar emulator for Atari 50, who's currently sadly dying. R.I.P. Well, not R.I.P. He is not... I don't think he is dead yet. He just, he just made it clear he doesn't have much time. So. Mm. 
you, you will be missed. You did, you've done a lot for preservation just by making a successful, functional Jaguar emulator. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck yeah, Cybermorph. Cybermorph, the only game that can provably have been reviewed by a major publication while the writer was on LSD. <laughs> Seriously. What was they going to say? Yeah. Uh, the, the person who spiked the office coffee pot with acid admitted that he had done so. And that that is why the Cybermorph uh, review in Die Hard Game Fan has really weird statements about uh, people in the people looking like uh, people in the game waving at him and saying hello. Uh, this made it in because uh, this guy did not type his own reviews. Uh, he had someone else do it. So he was dictating uh, his Cybermorph review while tripping balls. Nice. Say, Good uh, times! I did find some interesting games in the collection, like Centipede for the Atari 2600. It's not very good. Terrible. It's very impressive. No, it yeah, was, it's very impressive. I looked at the graphics and it's like, oh, this looks terrible and actually played it and it's like wow this this kind of really captures the game quite well actually hmm. haunted house is a very interesting ambitious sort of game irobot is really interesting for being early attempt at 3d yeah uh major, major havoc is insane if you've not played major havoc you should play major havoc uh, some of the uh i don't think i did uh some of the jaguar games i played were they're they're fascinating. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only major disappointment is the lack lack of is it Todd's Adventures in Slime World. That that's kind of the Lynx game, so I understand. Yeah. It's kind of a shame to not have that. Yeah. On the other hand, Ninja Golf for the Atari seventy eight hundred. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but I've heard good things. <laughs> also just extremely funny to finally have that re release. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just a very fascinating uh, cross-section of stuff that a lot of it's not very good, but I mean, a lot of any given console or developer's output isn't very good. That's, yeah. you know, it's useful to see the breadth of it. There's so much. <laughs> yeah, there's a Maybe lot one of... wants to play Scrapyard Dog for the 7800, but, you know, it's context. <laughs> There's a lot of neat Sorry, stuff on there, hard. like uh, an entire new sword quest game. Yeah, the the Air World, which had been con had been like mostly designed but never released. Or no, wait, it was one of them had never been officially released. Yeah, I can't was, remember which. Was, um, whichever one they made for this. Well, no, there was one that had been prototyped and never released, and one oh, of them yeah. had just never been made. Air World okay. had never been made. Yeah, yes. So that's that's the big one. Yeah, the other one I think. I think it's like Earth World that was not actually like only existed as a prototype. Yeah, I think I don't want to say it was released, but I think they like. It it had it had been found very and select. reproduced at various points. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice to see it officially released. Oh, Tempest 2000, that game owns. Play, play Tempest 2000. I did. It's It owns. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Mentor Jeff Mentor is... Uh, Jeff Mentor is great. Uh, I'm extremely amused by the existence of Trevor McFur in the Crescent Galaxy. Uh, a, a game beloved by no one. 
Uh, what else did I play in that was weird? Uh, Missile Command 3D or something? Yeah, that's a Jaguar one. Which was completely wild. Yeah, it's not as neat as Tempest 2000, but Missile Command 3D is a neat game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a cool collection. Highly recommend it. It's not <laughs> super expensive. The, the, the amount of like historical stuff they've got in there is quite impressive. Uh, yeah. Other than that, they, they scanned a lot of weird old documents. Yeah. Other than that, I've just been playing a bit of um, Crisis Core and Destiny, obviously, but that's about it. Hmm. Yeah, so obviously, you... having beaded Having finished Pokemon, kind of my time with that is limited to just leveling up and doing raids and whatnot. Yeah. And game stuff. No, that Story Ledge uh, raid is going to haunt my dreams. Yeah, uh, that thing fucked us up. That thing fucked us up, and we wanted it so very bad. Yeah. But, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, but yeah, uh, what have I been playing that's worth referencing. I played a bunch uh, I, I shotgun Dragon Age Origins on the 360 via Game Pass. Yeah, that shit's done. That shit's in the books. Uh, I did some of the old DLC, but not all of it because, honestly, a lot of it's just not that interesting. Uh, I have... Uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's there. Point, point is, I, I mostly just wanted to be done with it. So I, I finished, the, I went through the game. Uh, I, I think the, like, my, my strongest opinion on the game is that it definitely feels like a game they were working on for seven years. <laughs> uh, a game, allegedly, like, its earliest concept started in, like, 2002. Jeez. And when it came out, it was October 2009. In case you thought that nightmarishly long development cycles were new. Oh no. They're, they're definitely a 21st century thing, but still not too new. <laughs> That's 23 uh, years later now. Let me, actually, let me actually take a look at that. Because I'm, I, I might actually have a contradiction for you there, but it's going to be a very strange one. I'm sure, yes. All the famous ones probably started like at the earliest the late 90s but I'm sure you can find one that's older than that no 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 one not not enough uh, people sitting here remembering the the trailblazing work of uh derek smart in producing games that took like nightmarishly long to make uh battle cruiser 3000 having started development in, like 19, 1988 and coming out in, like 1996. okay <laughs> um, what was he what was he signing this for uh this was an old like uh i want to say this was like a dos pcu okay something else must have been going on because dos was not that difficult to develop for uh, i think he was just a perfectionist i don't know too much about it but yeah. yeah, it's not like some of the other games where they kind of swat, um, they kind of switched platforms halfway through and had to completely redesign everything. Yeah, ironically, Dragon Age is one of those situations where a game di where the game didn't have console versions until the last year of development, but they actually just like you know 
put out a console version and it only took them like nine months to actually you know redesign the game as far as that was concerned <laughs> but, yeah so, so I, I went through that uh, it, it's got its ups and downs uh, there's a lot of content I don't think uh, I would honestly I feel like I could shear at least 10 to 15 hours out of that game and lose basically nothing uh, it's, it's like a 50 hour game uh, so you know 10, 10 to 15 hours you know you, you, you chop off like the weakest sections uh, most of them are things that are fairly infamous uh, there is a quest called uh, Broken Circle that requires you to go into like a weird dream world where you have to do sort of like weird explore, exploration puzzles that don't work very well uh, and you don't have a party, it's not fun for anyone. Uh, one of the most popular mods for the PC version just cuts it out of the game and replaces it with nothing. <laughs> um, like, it is just skip the fade, and all it does is skips the fade. Uh, and the, the worst good part mod. about that good is... Mod. That sounds like a good mod. It's a very good mod. Uh, if, you can, if you can play the PC version, it's a very good mod. Uh, but the, the the other issue with that, the, the thing that's really damning about the fade is not only is it uh, like not only is it kind of a bad quest by itself, but the other issue is that there's not like no matter what, it's going to be a pain in your ass when you actually have to do it because uh, there there are kind of two ways that you're going to approach that. The first time you play through the game there's a very good chance that you won't do that uh, do that quest until another quest part, halfway through its runtime sits there and says, hey, you could keep going without doing this quest first, but like you're going to get a bad outcome if you do it, and we're going to you, needle you about that for the rest of the game. So you should drop this quest that you're in the middle of that you're clearly more interested in because you chose it on the map instead of that one. You go do this other quest that isn't good. Uh, ask me what I did the first time I played the game. Uh, yeah, it, it, the, the, the big thing is that it is, it's a bad quest that, that fucks up the pacing of another better quest. Uh, but the other thing that sucks about it is that once you've played through it once, suddenly the optimal path through the game requires you to do it first. Because the other thing about the fade is that there are uh, things in that called fonts. And these fonts, there's like 24 of them. And each of them gives you a permanent stat point upgrade to one of your like five major stats. And guarantee you, you don't need all those fonts because maybe you're a mage, you don't use your strength stat. So the fonts of strength aren't gonna matter. But the thing is, there's gonna be at least three or four points in, in several stats that you do care about the equivalent of like three levels in a game with a level cap of 25 and which you're probably finishing at level 20 like that's a lot of stats you have you are like hurting yourself by not doing this shitty section of the game immediately so every experienced player hates this section but also has to do it at the start of every playthrough before they get to any of the parts they actually like it's incredible like it's, it's it's truly nightmarish. It sucks. Um, it does, and that's kind of the yeah, that's uh, design. And that's kind of the 
I, I get why they did this. They wanted the quests to feel like they weren't segmented off in the way that they tend to do, tended to in like Nightfield Republic. They're like they're all kind of smushed together. They all interact with each other. That's exciting, isn't it? The problem is that, of course, when one quest acts as a weak link, it brings all of them down with it. Uh, so uh, that's uh, like that's a big problem. Uh, and the other thing. The, the other major quest that never touches the Mage Tower is the Dwarven quest, Orzammar. And that's probably the best part of the game. It offers, uh, it has the only part of the art direction that really holds up. Uh, like, go, go back and look at that. That game is fucking ugly. Uh, but. Uh, it has the only part of the quest that uh, the the only part of the art direction that actually holds up because the the deep the underground uh, city of Orzammar is the most like visually unique thing in the game the thing that looks the least like someone was told to draw what they thought Game of Thrones looked like uh, because Game of Thrones <laughs> was not in a visual medium at the time but uh, it, it's it's the only one that has like a unique identity. The version of dwarves offered in uh, Dragon Age is genuinely interesting as like this uh, uh, sectioned off society that's like heavily cast based. Uh, and like, it, it, it's, it's genuinely the, the most unique for like take on a hoary old fantasy con concept that the series has. So, you know. Or Orzammar is very strong, and the actual conflict within it is kind of interesting because it's like it's a it's a succession conflict. Like the king of the the king of dwarves has died. Uh, he has specifically requested that his only surviving son, unless you play the dwarven noble, in which case his only non-exiled surviving son, not be made king, uh, and that his trusted advisor be made king, uh, and. This, this creates an interesting conflict because most, well, mostly because uh, his trusted advisor is a is a nice and honorable man, and he is a suck ass king, like just absolute dog shit region. Uh, like if you if you put him on the throne, uh, he is very good at being a people pleaser to the. Uh, to, to the, like, assembly that forms the other part of government. Uh, but the assembly is mostly, mostly consists of extremely uh, crotchety old nobles. So all of their ideas are, what if we made things harder for the lower castes and also made us more isolationist, such that, like, shit just gets worse and worse. <laughs> the, the son that he's trying to keep from the throne, Prince Balin, is a huge piece of shit and uh, absolutely killed one of his brothers, uh, successfully killed another one if you don't play as the Dwarven Noble, and definitely got you exiled if you do play as the Dwarven Noble. Uh, <laughs> but he's actually a much more successful ruler. Uh, if you put him on the throne, he will be... Uh, he gives a lot more rights to the lower castes and people who don't even have a caste, who don't have any rights at the start of the game uh generally butts heads with the assembly and tries to disband it but you know generally just gives people more rights becomes less isolationist 
like generally opens up trade dwarven trade and culture like just a much more successful ruler but the problem is that you have to do a lot of like kind of gross shit because he's obviously a huge piece of shit so it's it's you know it's the most interesting conflict in the game uh is that the and, where you like, get the dlc character uh the dlc character is associated with that quest but is not actually yeah, in that area yeah that's what i'm thinking of because like that's it's and that's like where things yeah, like or Orzammar as a whole is like the strongest part of the game. The most interesting uh, stuff happens there, and then it takes you to the deep roads. Deep roads are is a dungeon split into like six parts that probably should have been two. It's long. It's really long. It's really long. There's not enough tile steps in it. Uh, it, it gets very dull by the end. And that's, it's a real shame, because, like, that area has a great design to it right up until that point. And you're just like, oh, I want to be done here. Um, one, of the, uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the other popular mods for that game, less popular than Skip the Fate, but still popular, Skip the Deep Roads. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, that's, you know, and that's, that's the real Achilles heel, is that the, there's, there's parts of the game that are really strong, that are really neat, and then there are parts of the game, but they're always directly intermingled with parts of the game that suck. <laughs> and so you really have to take the good with the bad out of that game. It's not a good sign uh, your, your game has multiple remove this part mods. Remove popular remove yes. this part mods. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's a shame. Uh, I, I think that like yeah, if you cut out like two thirds to three quarters of the deep roads. Uh, and you cut out the fade. You you end up with the the mage's tower without the fade is like an hour. Like it's it's a very short segment without the fade. The problem is that when it's in the four to five hour range, none of that's fun. Uh, so yeah, you like if have, having between having the fade and not having the fade, I, I would take not having the fade every time. Uh, but yeah, like once you know like. Once you get past those, most of the rest of the content is fairly strong. I would probably cut out maybe uh, maybe a quarter to half of the quest that's basically the search for the Holy Grail down to the part where it basically does Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade at the end of it. <laughs> uh, there's a big swath in the middle there that's mostly you just going through fairly generic caves that uh, I would be fine with getting rid of. Uh, but yeah, it, it's one of those things like it's not that the game is lacking for good content, it's just that it's not lacking for bad content either. Alright. What's that? I said right. Yeah. It's it's a rough it's it's rough. It's it's, it's all over the place. Uh, let's see. But yeah. Uh so then, you know, like I, I finished that up and then I did the the Witch Hunt DLC, which just kind of, like, the Witch Hunt DLC I can only describe as developers realizing, oh shit, this was supposed to be the plot of the next game, but we're pushing that back a game, and we want to, like, tie off this plot for a little bit so that people aren't wondering where it went. <laughs> so, uh, the, the Witch Hunt DLC... Like one of one of your core party members, one of the the only one of the only ones that 
uh, no amount of pissing her off will actually make her leave until the very end of the game, at which point, like, you get this single decision that will determine whether she stays with you or leaves. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she, like, Morrigan is, like, your, like, uh, sheltered social Darwinist mage friend. Uh, That's an interesting combination. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Uh, generally, if the game ever wants someone to uh, argue in favor of doing something morally repugnant, it's going to be her. Uh, but the answer mostly is, yeah, she lived, uh, she was raised entirely by her like mom, who is kind of not really a human, just like a weird eldritch god that is kind of in the shape of an old lady at the moment. Uh, so her her views on morality are a little skewed. Uh, little, just little, just okay. little. Uh, she's but yeah, she death and war. I would expect no less. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Morgan is one of the more one of the stronger party members uh, throughout the franchise because she keeps because she shows up again in three and she's affected quite heavily by how you interact with her in one. Which uh, makes her one of the more interesting characters just in general. But basically, Witch Hunt is an epilogue just for where the player's relationship with her stands. Uh, because, uh, like, spoilers for a game that is now, oh lord, nearly 14 years old. Um, <laughs> uh, spoilers for a game that's nearly 14 years old. Uh, the, the big trick at the end is that the evil dragon that you need to kill in order to stop the the horde of orcs they're not called orcs, but they're orcs uh, the horde of orcs that is destroying the land uh, called, killing it will norks. kill whoever sure, norks that's Spyro, you're thinking of Spyro um, is that a thing in Spyro? really? yes, oh the, the first game has norks not norks um, but yeah, uh, basically the the dark spawn, as they're called, uh, they they find they dig through the ground until they find uh, an evil ancient elder god, and then when they find that, it starts uh, controlling them and causing them to go uh, destroy things uh, as much as humanly possible, or as dark spawnly possible, as the case may be, uh, and they just kind of wreck shit. Um, when you, uh, but the thing is, to kill an old god, you need to uh, have two things happen. Uh, you need to take in like the taint of the dark spawn into your body. You drink some of their blood and some magic juice, and uh, if that doesn't kill you, then you can sense the uh, the you, you can sense the commands of the like arch demon that happens to be just a big dragon. But you can sense the commands of the Archdemon and you have the capacity to kill it. The problem is that killing it, uh, the reason that you have the capacity to kill it is that normally if something were to kill it, its soul would just transfer directly into whatever Darkspawn happened to be nearby. Uh, if you, if someone with the taint of the Darkspawn who also has a soul, like a human or an elf or a dwarf, someone like that kills it, its, its soul tries to migrate into their body and destroys them both. Uh, so that's bad. That's not great. Uh, but uh, there, Morrigan becomes important to this plot because she has a dark ritual of 
hey, buddy, if you've got the taint of the darkspawn in you and I conceive a child with you, then instead of the darkspawn, the archdemon's uh, soul entering you and killing you, it will in fact enter this child and the child will survive. So, but you have to let me keep the baby. That's a that's the that's my terms. <laughs> and so that's what happens. The game kind of frames it as a Faustian bargain, though in the uh, in the fullness of playing the sequels, it becomes clear that there was nothing really Faustian about it. It was generally better for us that way. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like that's a really key plot line that gets uh, raised and then not uh, not resolved in Dragon Age Two. And so with they put out this DLC called Witch Hunt, which was basically just a way to not resolve that, but put it in a place where it's like your character interacts with her and you get like, she hints at what her intentions are. And it's basically like, yes, maybe she'll be back someday, but not right now. Some other game. And, Morgan uh, will return. The, like the end of yeah, Morgan will return. Uh, in... Dragon Age, uh, and like you, you get to decide like how that uh, relationship sort of ends, because basically she always disappears through a teleporter that cannot be followed, and it's just a question of do you leave on good terms, do you go with her, or do you stab her and she falls to her? She will survive all of them, but she will have differing opinions on what happened depending upon what you did. She is not someone but, I would want to annoy. The irony is that by three, she mostly kind of understands why you stabbed her if you chose to stab her. Oh, <laughs> she mellows she out a lot by Dragon Age 3. Uh, it's been like ten years. She's, she's gotten over some things. But, yeah. It's, uh... It's, it's, it's so, yeah. The, that was the only one that I really felt like was going to add anything by going through. There's some other ones that... Like, there's the Return to Ostagar DLC that's mostly just an excuse to find out a little more about a minor character and to get some free equipment. I didn't feel like spending an hour doing that. There is a DLC called Darkspawn Chronicles where you play as a Darkspawn and fight through an alternate universe version of your party from the main game. Uh, I, I don't know who that was meant to appeal to. I have no desire to ever play that. <laughs> um, there's like a prequel DLC for one of your characters who shows up in several more games, but it's like five, six hours for information I don't terribly care about. So, And then there's Golems of Amgarak, which is more time in the deep roads. Mm. The part of the Dwarven part, the, the part of the Dwarven storyline I didn't care for. Here's more of it. Don't care. Didn't bother. Uh, so yeah. happens uh, if you have the mod that says skip it. You can still get the DLC. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the mod that says skip it is to just not ever play that DLC. <laughs> uh, so I used that mod, even though I was playing on console. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm done with Dragon Age Origins. Uh, it's, it's a game that my opinion hasn't really changed much on since it was new. A lot of highs, a lot of really low lows. Uh, I like Dragon Age 2 better, so... At one time, that was a controversial statement. It's still kind of a controversial statement, but there's not as many people that would howl for my blood for saying Dragon Age 2 is better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I've been at. Which game had werewolves, Benny? 
Uh, Dragon Age 1 has a werewolf quest. That is the quest for the, like, nomad Dalish elves. Uh, they are in conflict with a group of werewolves. Okay, so yeah, it's fans of that game that would be howling. Sure. Oh, oh. I see it. I see what you did. I'm surprised you didn't see it sooner. Yeah, I should have. I never saw it coming. But, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing Dragon Age 2 again. The game that was uh, met with vociferous enough uh, negativity upon release that they seemingly canceled an expansion pack for it. Uh, yeah, a bit of a shame. There was an expansion pack for Dragon Age 1. I don't think it adds much. Uh, it's called Awakening. I don't own it. It's not part of Game Pass because... Well, I don't own it digitally, and since I'm playing these on an Xbox Series S, that's what matters. Uh, it's not part of Game Pass because on Xbox it's officially a DLC and not a game that you purchased separately, so it's not part of Game Pass. Uh, that stinks. Yeah, I, I don't honestly care that much, uh, mostly because some of it acts as setup for Dragon Age 2. Like, there is a returning character and a half. I'm going to say character and a half and leave it at that uh, from Dragon Age Awakening who appears in Dragon Age 2. But in general, like, what's happening in Awakening is not super interesting. Like, the vast majority of the game is recruiting all of your party members, because once you've recruited all your party members, the game just immediately goes into endgame. And so there's and there's only like five like party members that aren't with you at uh, I should say more like four party members that aren't with you at the start. And yeah, it's mostly like it's fine if you just needed more Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age Awakening will do that fine. Like Technically, in terms of its plot, it introduced the idea of sentient darkspawn, which I don't think the darkspawn are particularly an interesting source of conflict. Uh, and it introduces uh, a couple of characters, and it mostly serves to sit there and give you an excuse to rebuild the like Grey Warden order that your protagonist from the first game is part of. And like the Grey Wardens are more interesting in later games where they're like a political faction that has its own I ideas and ideals as opposed to just being the faction where heroes come from. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't feel too bad about skipping that. I am still kind of sad that Dragon Age 2 Exalted March never happened. Uh, to translate fantasy bullshit, uh, Exalted March means crusade, like a, a religious crusade. Oh. The idea of Dragon Age 2 Exalted March was seemingly going to be, uh, and this is this is referenced a few times in Dragon Age 3, the idea that uh, an Exalted March was almost called on the, uh, the city that Dragon Age 2 took place in, this place called Kirkwall. This idea was that, uh, like, due to wild shit going down at the end of Dragon Age 2 that sends essentially every political faction into immense disarray, the uh, the Pope was like, no, like, they, they've done some... They, they are harboring people who have done, like, crazy... Uh, 
some some real uh, messed up shit. So I'm declaring a crusade on this place. <laughs> and it's like that would have been really cool. I would have played that, but we did not. It was not to be. Uh, so Dragon Age Two Exalted March did not get to happen. We missed some. Uh, missed some questions. Fire Miner comes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me double check this. Uh, as we also tried Tainted Braille. It's a pretty good track. Have not heard of it. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of that one. Sounds indie. Yeah, has an indie style. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see, is there a former New Japan Pro Wrestler who's not a Tokyo City Counselor in something around 2018? That sounds accurate, but I would not. I, I'm not versed enough in the New Japan roster to say. Uh, but I never cared if you want the best Atari experience. Yeah, if you just want to play the hits, like there's a lot of ways to play the hits with Atari. Atari 50 is very good for having things that aren't the hits. Uh, yeah, um, I have no interest in playing the hits. <laughs> I like this. Uh, I like this museum collection better. Anyone remember the weird 3D centipede reboot on Dreamcast? I don't think I ever saw that. <laughs> Sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, yeah, is still a very good arcade game. Oh yeah, it's uh, like wonderful. Dave and Buster, I played like a, I don't want to call it like a remake or anything. It's just kind of the original game on the giant screen. It's pretty fun. Hmm. It's good. Also the work of a, also the work of a pioneering female game developer. Oh cool! I didn't know that. Yeah. Donna Bailey. But... But yeah, okay, I talked about Dragon Age too long, as is my tendency to just sort of talk about what I've been playing for 30 minutes. I apologize. Stories, um, I've just been beating up shadows and mementos. Good, good, good. As long as you're making good use of the time. Uh, yeah. Any other, other fire minor questions to go through? Not yet. Um... See. Yeah, we were we were asked by Crawl in the comments. Uh, any gaming resolutions for 2023? We did that. Yeah. Or would you rather any of your gaming not, habits were entirely? We because we were answering it. <laughs> yeah, we answered it out of like instinct, but not uh, it, we had not actually read it. Uh, or would you rather your gaming habits were entirely organic? I intend to beat Trails in the Sky second chapter. But beyond that, I'm easy. Uh, I, I tend. The, the issue is that my organic play habits tend to involve playing things like a weird lunatic. Same. Uh, like my organic play habits tend to be. What if I turn this into like a silly project? Because part of the fun for me is observing like changes over the course of a franchise's lifetime, or some other related collection of games. Which is why I care about things like Atari Fifty and this weird museum uh, setup. It all comes together. But yeah, so I, I tend to play things weird. I don't care about a backlog per se, but I do care about like if I decide I want to play a group of games grouped together through some arbitrary or non-arbitrary criteria, then I like doing that. <laughs> otherwise, how about you, Gaijin? You, you tend to be slightly more regimented just because... So you kind of have to in order to finish games because you've got you got job and kids and such. <laughs> well, 
right now I'm focused on getting through P through Persona 5, and I've got a set of reviews. I really should type one of these days. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, and like I said, Rise of 3 is coming out on February 22nd, so deny it on that. <laughs> that's why I said I figured I was just going to chill out in Alola with a bunch of blue Pokemon. Smart. Yeah. I guess uh, I guess you're you're the organic one here. <laughs> yeah. Just sort of do things as they make sense. So I also just grabbed a cheap copy of Atelier Phyllis for Vita. Figure I'll just mess around with that. How long ago was Phyllis? Second <laughs> oh. mysterious game. So oh yeah. Um, Sophie two, Lulua one, two, three. This is six games ago. Oh, let's say six years. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was just like they they did not spell it that way in English, so I got confused. <laughs> so Ferris. Uh, yeah. I, I was like, okay, did it have an L or an R? I cannot remember. Uh, yeah, they, they, they went with an R in the English version. But, yeah. Okay, that 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 clears up that confusion, because I like fully would have believed that uh, there was like an Adley or Phyllis for like PS2 at some point. <laughs> Oh no, that was what was it? Lily, Judy, and Violet. I remember the first time that I found out about the franchise was seeing like a tiny preview for Atelier and Lily uh, in the U.S. PlayStation magazine because there just weren't that many PS2 games to preview at the time. So it's like, hey, they, these exist in Japan. We haven't gotten any of them, but maybe we'll get this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We did not. Actually, no, I would have said they kept a bullet, but you know what? They If they actually had sent Lily to America, they would have... The uh, fixed version, the plus version, came out less than nine months after the original, so you probably would have gotten the actual one that could be finished. Yeah. God. I was, uh, you, you could tell something went horribly wrong when the updated version is out less than a year after the original. It's solely because they could not do, like... Unloadable patches. Yep, just have to just have to make a plus version and send your sincerest apologies to your current customer base. Also, the plus version actually costs like literally ten times or five to ten times more than the original now. Gee, I wonder why people aren't flocking to buy those remainder copies of the original. <laughs> One of those things where it's like you, you look at some of the real fucked up uh, Atelier games and wonder how they got through certification. Yeah. I mean, there's only two of them that are really that messed up. Yeah, but Lily, Lily raises many questions as to how it managed to come out that fucked up. I mean, it was. I mean, part of it's like, like I was saying, Atelier games did not normally have a central antagonist or anything. They just had a, a goal line. Mm -hmm. And somebody had just not double checked to make sure that all of the plot flags or all of the, um, the software flags necessary to finish one of the many different item creation quest lines in the game was completed. It was actually tagged open. Oops. So, so um, that should definitely have been caught in quality assurance at the same time. Wasn't game breaking in the way that it's like okay this crashes the game and deletes your saves fashion no it's it's a much more uh, existential oh this just makes it 
And uh, I mean, it's, it will still probably end after a certain amount of time, but it's just like... It does. You can get several different endings in that game. You just can't get the best one. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah. No, uh, no Atelier but I was fascinated by it when I saw screenshots, tiny postage stamp sized screenshots in an old magazine. Uh, let's see. Um, this would have been right after they released a Dreamcast game that had a fucking virus on it for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the one where whoever, whichever computer they made the, yeah. Uh, run from had a trojan on it <laughs> yeah which wasn't gonna infect very much because you would have to put your like there was technically something to do if you put your dreamcast gd rom into a pc yeah, I mean, or, that's like, the only reason like, it was on there it was because yeah because there's like wallpapers wallpapers off of it yeah but yeah just one of those things where it's like it probably infected maybe five total computers <laughs> It's just one of those things that is known about as kind of like, oh, it's funny how that happened. It's extremely funny that that happened. Like the fact that there's a uh, there is a South Park short in Tiger Woods PGA Tour 99 on the PS1 for some reason. Hmm. Don't know how that happened. Hmm. Don't know how that happened. It's just in there uh, as a seemingly, I don't know, maybe they were using it to test... Uh, video playback at some point. It's just on the disc labeled ZZ Dummy. But, yeah, it's, it's just on there. It's just a South Park short. Don't know what it's doing there. But, yeah. Um, My favorite example of, we don't know why this is in here, is I think it was Team Fortress 2. Mm -hmm. Where down in the code, there is, um, in the all the files for the game, there is a JPEG of a coconut. And the note on this for this thing is, I don't know what the bleep this is doing here, but when I take it out, the game stops working. <laughs> That's a very programmer problem. Yeah. I'm thinking Thanks. of the... the yeah. uh, I could see it being Team Fortress 2. That game was in development for a very long time and went through several shifts. I could see someone, like, it, something getting, uh, you know... When you get something that's as small as a JPEG of a coconut, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what, the yeah, time it would take to find and disentangle this. Yeah, no, uh, okay, Not apparently the, the actual comment was, in fact, a joke by... Ah, okay. Somebody. Okay. Just one of those things there that are definitely... from time to time, but yeah, this got, this got fact-checked last year. Mm -hmm. There are definitely games... And programs where that does happen, where it's just like, there's trying to find the infamous, uh, there's like an infamous screenshotted comment on like a, uh, there's like a comment on it that says, okay, there it is. I think I found it. Uh, the, it I don't know what this is supposed to be a snippet from because it's just a comment, but it says, dear programmer. When I wrote this code, only God and I knew how it worked. Now only God knows it. Therefore, if you are trying to optimize this routine and it fails, most surely, please increase this counter as a warning for the next person. Total hours wasted here equals 254.
uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a cute old joke, and like if that comment was made as an if that comment was made as a joke, the answer is that every person who has ever done any amount of programming has had a situation where it's just like I don't know why trying to do anything with this breaks it, and I don't have time to care, so I just have to leave it. So that's why that joke gets to propagate forever. Ah, <laughs> uh, Smoking Joe is is ambushing us with what were our favorite games of 2022? Uh, see you next week. <laughs> see me after class. We will, we will be going down a list of categories. Uh, Fireminer asks, that uh, says the they have not listened to the re- most recent episodes. Have you finished the list? Buddy, we are like maybe a third of the way through that list. There's like 400 questions on that list. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciate, but let's skip some of those before I tire too much. Let's say do two of them and then we'll call tonight. Does that sound good? Sure, sure. Yeah, we want to make at least, uh, like, that'll be our New Year's resolution for the quest. Don't go an entire episode without answering at least one question on the list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we talked a lot about Resident Evil struggling between its identity as horror or as an action movie. Did the same thing happen to Metal Gear Solid? Is it a game about stealth, about solving puzzles, or about big bombastic action scenes? Is it about the horrors yes. of horror, or is it about yes. naked men punching each other? The answer yes. is that games games being very long generally means that they have a lot more opportunity to go off on tangents and be about many things than movies. Uh, it's all of these things at once. Yeah. Uh, I do think that like Metal Gear Solid has a very... It has... To, to what you're getting at, it has issues over time trying to determine what its dominant mood is. But I think if you were to narrow it down to its most predominant mood, the answer is war and nukes are bad. And, you know, I'm fair. Like, all of those are in, like, everything else is relief from that message or in service to it. The big bombastic action scenes are cool, but generally the results of them are, oh god, that sucks. Didn't want that to happen. Uh... Big old blob of unforeseen, um, yeah, unforeseen consequences. Mm-hmm. On that note, is Thief or any other quote-unquote serious stealth game niche a niche only very few people enjoy? I feel like in order to widen the appeal, you've got to add a touch of whimsy, like in the case of Metal Gear Solid, Hitman, or Dishonored. Uh, I think I, I think the bigger issue is, for something like Thief is not so much tone. Thief definitely has jokes in it. Thief has some weird, weird shit in it. I think the issue with Thief and like games of that ilk is they're just they're not super open to improvisation. The thing that I would describe Metal Gear Solid, Hitman, and Dishonored as all sharing as a primary factor is that getting caught is not a fail state. Uh, you can you can certainly get through Thief. If you've been caught, you can get out of danger, but you kind of have to drop everything and get out of danger. Like, that's that's just got to be your first priority in the... In Metal Gear Solid, in Dishonored, in Hitman, to all to varying extents, but in all of them, 
when you've been caught, it shifts the game into another mode. You have the option of trying to hide again, but you also have the option of just like seeing if you can just murder everything until people stop looking for you. Uh, and that that is this, a much bigger key to wider appeal, I feel like, than... Uh, like, I definitely think that having a mix of tones will attract more people in general, just because if you only have one predominant serious mood, if people aren't gelling with that, then playing more of the game is not going to get them where they want to be. Uh, and just in general, like anything that anything the length of a game that is taking itself seriously the entire time runs the risk of descending into some form of self-parody, just because it's like you play a game that's 12 like, you know, 12 hours of your time. Like, the stealth games are not the longest, but they're not too short. You know, we'll go 12 hours. A game that's 12 hours of your time that's deathly serious the entire time, that's just exhausting. Don't want to deal with that shit. <laughs> but, uh, that, that would be my, uh, my immediate uh, reaction. Sorry, I just got something. Sorry, yeah. But... Sorry, I just got a message I got to respond to. No worries. But, yeah. Uh... Yeah, like, like my immediate reaction would be that it's it's as much that the games, they aren't per se forgiving of failing to be stealthy, but they do offer you alternatives if you fail or choose to not be stealthy. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the key to their success. Uh, let's see... This would only this would be a question only I could answer, and it's uh, did anyone try to read up Japanese cinema after playing No More Heroes Three? The answer is to some extent, but also a lot of the movies he was talking about were ones I had already heard of. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, I need to check. I'm going to quickly check something because this could be a relatively quick answer. There's a cargo bay up ahead. Back inside there. Yeah. But yeah, let me see. Uh... Because, like, the, the next question is about, like, the first game with dynamic music. Uh, and that's that's definitely going to be some arcade game none of us have heard of. Uh, mm -hmm. Brings up... Uh, Fireminer says that the next list is only 159 long, so that's uh, terrifying. Right. We'll see how long it is by the time we're finished. Uh, but... Uh, Fireminer brings up vaguely recalling... Uh, the gems driver on the Genesis has that capability. So the first game is probably an arcade title released in the eighties. That's probable. Uh, it's probably also going to depend partly on what is considered dynamic music. Do the tracks have to, uh, shift into each other or does it just have to be able to quickly swap between tracks? Hmm. Uh, the other like early experimental example I can think of for, uh, dynamic music is iMuse, which was used on a lot of the old LucasArts adventure games. 
uh, starting in like 1990, uh, which was a complicated enough bit of musical dynamism that the Monkey Island re-releases from 10 years back, the special editions, can't actually recreate it. Wow. Wow. Uh, which is it's a real shame uh, because iMuse was really nice and really, uh, it's really neat to hear it in its proper context. But, what? <laughs> the, yeah, uh, the the iMuse is it would be my first uh, thing I can think of where I can like name exact games that had it. So, but I'll see if I can do some digging to find a bit more about these because you know, uh, it, it's it's often like game music history is often looked at by company or composer and not in terms of its technology. It wouldn't surprise me if you saw like someone like Tim Fallon doing some wild shit with like ZX Spectrum uh, <laughs> sound uh, programming to make more dynamic music. But I mean, who's to say? Uh, I'll have to do some digging. But yeah, uh, that gets us through three questions, which means that we are wow. probably done for the night. Boom. <laughs> Alright, yeah. plugs. Yes, tell us about the author and the birthday sale. Okay. So, yes, yeah, starting next Monday at uh, approximately 8 a.m. Pacific time, we have the author's birthday sale for Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, because that is the only thing the author has publicly published yet. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, still waiting back for a few, a few of you letters. Uh huh. But yes, so yes, um, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor on um, Kindle and Kindle Unlimited, soon to be uh, somewhere between 50 and 100% off, depending on the episode. Um, um, so if you enjoy tabletop RPGs, if you enjoy playing them, if you enjoy watching other people play them, and this is an entire subsection of YouTube these days, go figure. Um, if you enjoy living vicariously through other people's poor... Um, dice rolls and poorer personal decisions and if you enjoy reading all this in either in well in this case a digital format because the perbacks are not covered under the sale then please check out princesses of the pizza parlor by michael yadimizu y-a-r-i-m-i-z-u on kindle and kindle unlimited thank you <sighs> give it uh, like there's never been a better time to give it a shout uh, let's see. Wales, what you got? What you got? Oh, you can catch all of our various shenanigans on twitch.tv. Slash <laughs> I see what you did there. Nice. Uh, in addition to recording Q&A Quest live on Wednesday nights, midnight Eastern, we also do uh, Sunday night shenanigans where we play multiplayer games. which has been Pokemon of late, but we're going to do some Halo coming up. Specifically, Halo 5 and Infinite co-op, not competitive multiplayer. Um, <laughs> uh, we also are overdue for some adventures in platforming. I'm trying to find a way to do that more regularly, but uh, next up will be Sonic. Yeah, we're just we're just very tired. We're both very busy. Yes, busy and tired. But we'll get to it someday. Yeah. Someday, one day. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, you can ask us questions. You can ask them via the comments section, like good friend Crawl did. You can ask them via uh, the Twitch chat, like good friend Fireminer did and good friend Smoking Joe did. Or you can ask them via like the Discord, as Fireminer has done many times in the past, thus leading to the list that will uh, continue on through the end of our days. Uh, we thank you, and we thank all of you so very much. Whenever you ask questions, it means a lot to us. Yes. But, uh, do, I, do I need to go through my list of social medias again? Yeah, yeah, we do. But first, I'm going to say that if you want to ask us questions yeah. via the Discord, you can join by going to the community tab of RP Gamer. Uh, so you know, good good place to good place to hang out, even if you don't want to ask us questions. A lot of nice people there, uh, and you know, very easy to get to. Just go to the community tab, and that'll get you a Discord invite, and you can join up and chat, and maybe yell at us if we said something wrong. <laughs> but don't yell at me, please. Uh, okay, but yeah, we also have some social media. Sonic down. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Mastodon. At mastodon.lol slash askwheels or slash at askwheels. I forget how that works. Also, askwheels and co host and hive, although hive right now I only post silly gifts because I've had security issues, so I don't really want to use it for anything serious. So, co host at mastodon. Um, yep. As the great splintering of social media progresses, we'll see where else. Maybe that's goes. for the best. <laughs> Maybe the splintering is for the best. It is, and honestly, my time on Mastodon has been wonderful. It's quieter, more. I'm not there. <laughs> no, I wish you'd be there. You should I'm, be joking. There. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's quiet. It's wonderful. I've been having a good time on Co-Hosts. Uh, I say dumb wonderful. things. I say dumb things, and sometimes people respond to them. That always takes me aback because it's like the one social media I've had that hasn't been privated for years. Uh. Yeah. Uh, so if any anyone needs a primer on how to use Mastodon, feel free to ask me. It is not as weird. As you ask wheels. Yes, it is. It is not. Yeah. It's not as intimidating as it sounds. Nope. Also, Gaijin just asked you, so you can go through that. But <laughs> You did? Uh, in the Discord. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, as referenced, I am on co-host. Co-host uh, as at Family Master. Uh, have, uh, you, will, you will see me doing text-based versions of what I do here, which is mostly just... Uh, uh, pontificate about how uh, video games, what what makes things good in video games and what makes them bad, and also occasionally uh, the there's no verbal equivalent to this other than those times I'll say, hey, remember that time that blank, and then reference an extremely obscure game. But I do the the screenshot version of that. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, most recently, I was ranting about how uh, please do not make games that were not meant to be seen in widescreen forcibly widescreen and hurt myself. Um, yes. And <laughs> said that I, said again, I totally understand. I 
agree, but there's something about the the black space that just destroys. Because I'm going to ask brain. you a very sincere question. I'm going to okay. ask you a very sincere question. Yes. Were you the one who used the stretch mode on the Game Boy Advance? Yes. God damn it! <laughs> it was me. <laughs> it was it me. Was me the what mode? Uh, there was a if you what. Stretch mode? Yes. If you yeah. played if like... you hit the if you played an original Game Boy game on the Game Boy Advance and you tapped one of the shoulder buttons, it would stretch the game to fill the screen. Oh that. Looks like an absolute ass. <sighs> but yeah, so so some wiser people than me responded to that post and said some very some very uh, intelligent things about like the way that because like what I was theoretically trying to get get at aside from personal this case is that like the aspect ratio of the screen and what's visible on it especially in like a 2D game is like very considered in any game that's actually worth going back to play mm -hmm. and slamming a bunch of extra real estate on the left and right actually fucks up the scene oh yeah and someone talked about like a 16 by 9 mod for Super Metroid that uh like makes it so that you can see things in the map that you're not supposed to be able to see so like it's just like the the map just not like the map looks smaller and like you lose the atmosphere of like running the crates lair because you can just fucking see it <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it, it's one of those things it's, it's a very it's a very niche thing and i don't mind people just doing shit for fun but like when i see uh, people arguing that that is the correct way to play these old games. Like, no, please stop. No, that's wrong. <laughs> there, was, yeah, no. there was real intention behind how these things were composited. They were not 4x3 by, by accident. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like, yeah, I'm, I, I stretch them out <laughs> because that's just my preference. But like, You, you got brain problems, and I know how that goes. Yeah. But that'd be like saying that the widescreen version of old Simpsons episodes is the only way to go. Oh god, those that was the thing. That was one of the things I was out. immediately thinking of. Yeah, when or the when it comes out with a duck joke. Yeah, like <laughs> there's an entire scene that just is awkward and weird in the widescreen version of it because it's just like ah, uh, we have uh, Duff, Duff Light, and our newest flavor, Duff Dry, and it's like you can just see a bunch of stuff coming out of pipes, but because of the way that they have cropped it. You can't see that the entire joke is they're all coming out of the same pipe. <laughs> so it's just him really awkwardly explaining that they have three flavors. Uh, uh, well, I guess that's the end of me. What's that? That's aspect ratios. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things like there's a there's a big fight among directors way back in the day because the the, the way that people would do things on TV and in VHS releases is that they would do what, and this term sounds anachronistic now, pan and scan. Or they would just sort of try to center the frame so that like there were no black bars, you just saw something that filled your four by three television. And like that's the same problem in the other direction. It's like you're losing a ton of visual information you're expected to have as opposed to uh, like you're getting visual information that is distracting from what you should care about, and also sometimes they also just zoom in to create that, uh, to avoid uh, like the black bars on the <laughs> the black bars uh, on the left and right that the uh, the pillar boxing, the 
presenting a true four by three image in a sixteen by nine uh, space will create. Whatever. Point is, uh, play things the way they were meant to be. That they were designed. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unless your brain has issues, and then just blame. Yeah. Yeah, like, like the the play things the way you enjoy them. But I, the, the answer I would say is I urge you to at least attempt to enjoy them the way that yeah. they were designed. No, for sure. Once once you've ascertained that you do not like that as it was designed, go ahead and do what will make you happy. But yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, that probably wraps us up. I managed to send us on another tear. See you, Space Cowboys. See you.